You're listening to want to try to start with something in my mind fresh and unique but i have nothing unique to say so welcome to the korean drama podcast i'm one of your three hosts steve and to my zoom window on my left i have kathy hi and to my zoom window on my lower left i have kim hi welcome back where we're discussing pachinko apple tv plus's Latest hot thing. Yeah, and we're at the end, guys. This is it. We're at the end already. We have reached the end. And I have to say, now knowing that they've been picked up for a second season, I'm like, I'm so relieved to know that this isn't the actual end. Yes. Because I would have found it extremely unsatisfying. So many loose ends, not tied. Yeah. Lots Completely of untied. Yeah. So it seems clear that they were they've been really banking on a, a next season based on how they finished this season. Yeah. And also now that I think of it, this episode had a lot of like artistic choices that I that seem interesting within the context of this being the end of the season. Mm, very oh, artistic. Okay, interesting, time. interesting. I'm curious to hear more about this. Well, yeah. the first one was that they changed the song in the opening. Yes. Right. I noticed that too. And also, I, kinda, I like this new song. Did you, I, like it? Did you guys like it? I liked it. Um, I Before we get into the song, I was watching the recap like at the beginning, you know, and mm-hmm. I was like, because they put that standalone episode with Hansu, Hansu's origin story, like in episode seven of eight. Again, I still have a problem with it. Um like, I couldn't remember anything from the recap. I was like, so <laughs> thankful for the re- recap because I was like, wow, I forgot all of this happened. This also, while, happens. We're, while we're on the recap, can I have my own little basic B moment? Oh, yes, please. OK, I'm not a am not a translator at all, but I'm pretty sure. So do you guys remember when Hannah is sick in bed? And she's telling um, she's telling Solomon that he'll never be one of them. He like mm. uh, it's like a very dramatic moment. But I think. I think she literally says, you will never be a real Japanese person. What? I think that's the Japanese that she's using. Wow. I think you're probably right. I think I, yeah. I mean. Wow. Wait, wait, wait. So, I mean, that's not surprising to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that subtitle is kind of watered. Is it watered down? You won't be a real person. It's kind of vague, isn't it? Well, because like the context or the 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 connotation of saying like you'll never be like them, like I feel like if I can remember correctly, that we all thought it was her saying he'll never be like one of these like hardened businessmen. Uh, but if she's really saying you'll never be a real Japanese person, then that's like that hits different, right? And also it suggests that she doesn't see herself as that either. Because in the translation, if it's like if the translator who is 
much better at Japanese than I will ever be. Um, <laughs> think that's like what she she means. You know, that's like the context of what she means. You'll never be one of them. That like excludes her from it. Mm, that's interesting. You know, one of my uncles when I visited Korea told me the same thing. <laughs> he was like, "I was there to start my study abroad, my year long study abroad program." And in the car ride over, he's like, don't, don't stress too much because you'll never be like Korean. And I, it kind of hurt me. I was like, oh, shit, I'm here to try to, to try to like, I guess, pursue a, a, and study and be in touch with the, my roots and stuff. And then he was like, I mean, in hindsight, it's like, I get what he's saying, you know, but um, there's just so many cultural ideological things barriers in the way not just uh, language oriented you know that's very true that's very true yeah so i think you know hana is like maybe hana is saying that she also doesn't identify with the with mainstream japanese society and the, the way they people think or are constricted and and so you know her and solomon have that in common where solomon's kind of like you know, uh, uh, a black sheep in Japanese society. That's why he went to America, yada, yada. Um, so, yeah, I think you're right. She's she's kind of indicating that I'm not part of them either. I don't fit in this society, in this world. Yeah. Well, that's like my little brag that I understood a yeah. sentence. Good catch. Good catch. Uh, but that's not what this episode is about. This episode is about Osaka in 1938. And we're 1938. 1938. I don't I don't know what's happening in Japan at this this time. Um oh it's I guess it's pre-World War II, like right before. Yes. Um, but we finally meet Noah as like oh. a sentient oh. child. Because we've only seen him as a baby. It's so yes. cute. He's so cute. His little bowl cut. A little bowl so cut. Cute. This is an appropriate bowl cut, Itaewon class. Yes, I hope Itaewon you're class. taking notes. Yeah. Well, um, wait. <laughs> he got the standard issue first grader bowl cut for sure. That's right. And that's who should be getting the bowl cut. First graders. Children. Hey, hey in in uh, Paxeroi's defense, though, his bowl cut was like a more streamlined adult version, I would say. Right? I mean, it was definitely different because, like the ch- like the children standard issue bowl cut is like a little like longer, like, and Seroi's was like it was very short, and he kept like f- trying to flatten it down all the time. And what I will say, another difference is that Noah's bowl cut is very very cute, right? And Seroi's bowl cut was bad, right? I wow. agree. Yeah, one hundred percent. And Pak yeah, Seroi, that's just I will the defend facts. you till the end. <laughs> No, no, no. Me and Kathy will not. I mean, it's That's just our hard line. It's the hard line. Just like the your hairline, man. It's just like it's just too much, you know. But I thought that little Noah was so cute. And when he was I thought he was like four and then he was like, I'm seven. And I was like, you're what? Yeah, I guess boys grow slower. Right. So, yeah. But also like slower. To be seven and to be fluent in two languages is really just, I mean, I'm sure we'll get more into this, but I was like, I know that like millions of children around the world are, but I was just like, wow, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
It's easier, though, to learn a language as a child than it is as an adult. For sure, for sure, for sure. sure. You're like a sponge. And that's what I tell myself, you know, basic B and all that. Uh, Me too. (laughs) But to the point, I think they're also trying to uh, deliver the point that Noah's a very sharp kid. Oh, for sure. He's very, Mm. very smart. Yes. And he he seems... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I just... I thought it was so cute that he wanted the bow and arrow. (laughs) Instead yeah, of- <laughs> that was so cute. Yeah, he, got the he didn't boring want the red string, string of long Aww. life. <laughs> yeah, he seems very like academically smart, and then also very like intuitive and like you know sharp. Kathy, you know about the the doljanchi? I only custom? know it because I watched. Oh shoot, the chair, the Sandra O oh Netflix dramedy. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, and they perform that ceremony for uh her niece her cousin i don't remember there's a baby and they performed mm-hmm. that ceremony i see i see got it do you but know what items the, they had in that in one? the chair or in the yeah. i just remember that the whole thing was that one of the aunties was trying to get the baby to grab the dollar bill yeah. um when the baby clearly like didn't want it and that was like the big conflict of the scene um but Steve, why don't you tell us what it is for people who don't know? Because I'm sure not everyone has seen the chair, even though it's very good. I recommend it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Doljanchi uh, is just uh, basically the celebration of generally the first birthday of the child. Or um, sometimes you can do it on the 100th day. Although it's kind of like a little early. But just because as, as um, uh, Isak pointed out, a lot of babies never made it that far because of you know lack of health care all that um and so to make it to your first birthday is a big deal big milestone and you know i guess koreans you know like to like like to dabble in the shaman stuff and and i mean it's now at this point it's like a fun thing but you there's a part of the ceremony or the 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 event where you put the baby in front of these various items um and whatever the baby picks first is supposed to predict what they're going to grow up to be as an adult. So usually it's like the string represents you're going to have a, a long life or maybe it's a noodle. Um, uh, money means you're going to be rich. Uh, if, if, you pick, um, if you pick the bow and arrow, I'm not sure what exactly that means. I don't think it means you're going to be a warrior. <laughs> maybe in those <laughs> days they needed that. In maybe these days, maybe or something. Yeah, maybe you'll be some sort of uh, fighter of some metaphorical sense, someone fighting for something. Um, but the you know it, 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 the items always change from household to household. Sometimes it's like a stethoscope because they want the parents want the child to maybe have a chance of being a doctor um, or like a there's like a in this show we saw the the paintbrush. I guess back then they used brushes to write and stuff so that could mean not an artist but they the, the child could grow up to be a scholar mm-hmm. that was something respectable you know back then um um yeah instead of a dollar bill they had coins so yeah same kind of thing um just like a fun party thing like hey the, the kid is freaked out like all these adults <laughs> like grab that grab yelling at the kid <laughs> grab the money you know and then you know but here's a secret Adults, parents, soon-to-be parents, whatever you want your child to pick, your odds are greatly increased when the item that you want them to pick up is directly in front of them. Mm. That was in <laughs> Not the chair the when the auntie like was like waving it in front of the baby. It's like she was trying to hedge her bets. 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's cheating. You can't like hand it to the baby. The baby has to grab it themselves. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's the only true way to predict the future. Wow. Steve, did you have one? Yeah, I had one. So I had a, I have photos of me wearing like the same kind of thing that we saw in the show. Um, I see, I've seen photos of me holding a pencil. So I think that's mm. what my destiny was supposed uh-huh. to be, to be a scholar. Um, and I guess in a sense it came true. I'm a kind of like a scholar of uh, Korean dramas now. <laughs> <laughs> that's my honorary PhD, I suppose. Wow. I think so. I need to, I should ask my mom. Yeah. Well, it looks like a really cute and nice party. And then that's when we go to the opening credits, which we talked about changed into a Korean um, version of the same song. Right. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Oh, was that what it was? Is a Korean version of the song? Oh, you know what? To be fair, I was guessing. Was it, <laughs> Steve? I I, uh, I I was just like, oh, it's a yeah. It was song. like a Korean version. Uh, I don't know if the lyrics are like one to one translated or anything like that, but the tune was the same. That's for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And then they made it like this, like K poppy uh, contemporary, but mixed with like old school, like what's called the uh, pansori, like hey. You know, whatever little like outbursts of like old, old timey Koreans doing traditional Korean folk song stuff. So it's kind of like, oh, this is this is interesting. Um, I kind of wish this is what this was the this was the intro the whole time through. Yeah, I'm curious why they made that change. I'm not I'm not sure. Well, if I might venture to guess, uh, because uh, to skip way ahead to the very end, you know, it seems like they really wanted to. Uh, highlight the resiliency of Korean women in this episode. And so I wonder, because to my, like, if I remember correctly, that it was like a more feminine voice singing the song as well. Yes. So I wonder if that's like part of the turn is that like, um. you know, it's a, if it's a feminine voice singing a Korean version of the song that we've heard already, if that's like commentary. Mm. Oh. Just a guess. No, oh, that's a good guess. I like that. Yeah. It it also feels like they're kind of like prepping you and ramping you up for like a season two. Like things are happening. Things are changing. Like mm-hmm. um, stay on your toes. Stay tuned mm-hmm. kind of a mm-hmm. thing maybe. There's more to come. Right. More to Ooh. come. Mm-hmm. That make, the way you described it is so exciting. I'm like, ooh, what is to come? <laughs> yeah. But I know. I've seen the episode. You've seen it. And I guess what's to come is Hana is not doing well, unfortunately. Oh my goodness. Hana is not doing well. Yeah. She seems to be close to, to death, um, unfortunately. But Etsuko like cannot it, it seems like Etsuko is having a hard time coming to terms with this, which, oh my gosh, of course. How could you come to terms with that? Um and then meanwhile, Mozasu and Solomon get in a big old fight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. About Yoshi, Mamoru Yoshi. Mm. Yes, mm-hmm. he says right. something there where it's like, again, I think it's a setup for like future season, where like Mozasu clearly has some sort of personal history with the the family of Mamoru Yoshi. Right. He's like his grandfather said something like that to me or, or something right, like that. Right, he says to, that, his, that, that that Yoshi's grandfather said the same thing to Mozasu. And we know the grandfather's now in jail, so that's not 
That's not great. Yes. So is that Hansu? Wait, who's in jail for corruption? Mamoru Yoshi's grandfather. Grandfather. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's interesting because I don't, there's also this, there's something about like blood relations too that's being a point being made in the episode. I'm not sure I've like completed a thought again ever. Um, Because <laughs> Solomon insists that Yoshi is beyond that. He's not, you know, just because his grandfather did something doesn't mean that he'll do it. So just because his grandfather's corrupt doesn't mean that Yoshi is corrupt. And Mozashi sure. says, like, no, it's in his blood. Mm-hmm. Right. And then later, that comes up again. But I don't remember when. So we'll, we'll just have to go in order. Japanese are super into blood types. Did we talk about this before? Yeah. Yes, we did. Okay. And you, la- <laughs> you laid out all of the, like, the you know Asian what? I'm zodiac. Also, I was very into blood types as well. Yeah, well, because right. Abe-san was too, the CEO of Shifley's. Or I don't know, some kind of executive. Oh, yeah, you're right. Right, right, right. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. that's what prompted like us to talk about it. Because it was so... Not something that, you know, uh, that I'm used to, certainly. It's like Asian horoscopes. Yes. It's like, are you Leo? Oh. Right. Uh, excuse. <laughs> Sorry, are and you And we Leo? both are, Steve, so watch your <laughs> oh, mouth. You know, just, I've just heard Leos can be difficult. Okay. <laughs> what? Who told you that? <laughs> oh, damn. Are you both Leos? Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm the first to say that I am difficult, um, but I think yes. that's just my personality. <laughs> <laughs> but only we can say we're difficult. Only we can say we're difficult. Okay. All right. Oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. Well... Oh. At this time, in the other alternate 1938 timeline, Isak is nowhere to be found after school for oh. Noah, and his church is being raided by the Japanese police. And this was like, I felt like, you know, because Noah comes home by himself mm-hmm. and is like, Mom, why didn't Dad come to get me? And then she sends him off to go find um Yoseb and I was like this is the saddest episode of old enough I've ever seen because <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> exactly exactly she was like because she like she's saying to this very small child that we didn't know yet was seven but was like was like go find your uncle and bring him back here and oh I was my like god I, it was extreme because he has his little school bag yeah. on she's like very old enough vibes he has the same haircut as all these kids I was like ah <laughs> Very this whole sad. episode is an old enough oh, episode no, a dark one sad. it was it reminds me too of like how um how much how much extra work children of um recent immigrants have to do because yeah. they have to like mm-hmm. they have to grow up a lot faster i think than other people sometimes in for some sure cases. absolutely i mean we I- see that later when when uh noah is translating and, and yes. like he I don't want to get too far ahead into that because I'm sure we'll talk about it then. But like, I was just like, you, he probably doesn't even know what all of these words mean. He's just like, but he's trying to translate them, you know, like he doesn't have the context for all of this stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he's not the policeman. Well, I guess the policeman is, to be fair, talking to Yosef. So he's not like necessarily trying to make Sanja understand when they're at the police station. Mm-hmm. But like, the policeman is uh, like not giving any way for like the fact that there is a family here. He's like, I got a job to do. And it is to tell you that 
this man has been this man Isak has been arrested for like being a traitor, basically. Mm-hmm. And but, like, does a seven year old even know what a traitor is? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure he knows what a traitor is, but like maybe like not like the or, like arrest like all these like difficult like jargon. Yeah, yeah, like a, a ag- political agitator or whatever they use right. whatever yeah. the word they used. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. It's just plus like it a- sounds like. It sounds like Isak has kept this part of his life very hidden away from his family. Yes. Right. Which we, oh. we later learn is by design. Yeah. And can I just say, I was like totally on Sunjo's side. I mean, like I understand bigger picture, like why he had to do that and like why it's important that he did that work. But like, oh boy, I would be in the same exact mind space as Sunjo. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You would yeah. feel, I mean, even if if you did believe it was a good cause, like you would feel duped. Yes, yes. For at least seven years, because we know Noah's seven years old. Yeah, and that's when he like first started talking to that son, the son of the rando lady, who I'm sure that's like what inspired him. <gasps> that's right. To get yes. into it, yes. and we were like, "What's this scene for?" And now we know. Now we it, it was a seed. <laughs> It was a seed, damn it. Damn and now it, it, it was is a, a flower. <laughs> and now bloomed. it's a it's a flower. Yeah. Um sack has been plucked. You know what was weird to me is how um how confident Yosef is that he will get and <laughs> I'm like very self-conscious when I say Yosef's name because for some reason I put it in, in my nose as Jacob. <laughs> like Jacob. I have no idea. Oh, why. it's Yoseb. Yosef. Yeah, okay, there we go. <laughs> really right, Yosef. Y O S E B. Brain like Joseph, fart. Joseph, the the whatever version of Joseph. Yeah. yeah, I just decided this episode his name was <laughs> Jacob. I don't know why. Um, but he's very confident that he can get Isak out with the um, help of right. his boss. And I was like, oh. I don't know, man. Because <laughs> it seemed like he worked at like a cookie factory. Nico Nico cookies. Yeah. Nico Nico. So like, how do you. Uh, how, those how cookies. You- those cops love those cookies. Mm-hmm. That's oh. where he had his uh, confidence from. Oh, maybe. From. Bribe him with some cookies. Have you guys had these cookies? <laughs> no, I've never heard of them. I don't think. Oh, oh. So. I, the way you were both talking about it, I was like, oh, is this like a like a like a Japanese favorite? I think it must be though, because they keep showing it. Yeah, like... I just clocked it because Nico Nico means it. It kind of has a similar meaning, I think. And maybe Steve, correct me if I'm wrong, but as egg yolk. Oh, egg yolk. Yeah, I think so. It's like Nico Nico, Nico. like you're smiling. Egg y'all. And nobody can see it because this is an audio recording, but we're all doing the thing where you push your, your index finger into your cheek. To yeah, be cute. Like, Egg to create Nico, Nico. Artificial yeah. dimple Nico, for those Nico. of us who are dimple impaired. Yeah, I don't have one either. I don't <laughs> have one either. <laughs> Egg y'all. But of course this... I'm sorry, I'm jumping around. This doesn't work for Yosef because his boss, once he realizes like a political arrest he's like i can't help you and not only can i not help you get your brother out of jail you are now fired oof oh he's the only one with a job in the whole house he also references the well this is your blood so i don't know (gasps) can't really fight that right blood runs thick you know what i mean yeah blood runs thick but at the police station sunja also meets a woman who, once she finds out who Sunjo's husband is, takes her. She's like, oh, I know. I'm going to take you to this person, Hasegawa. And he's going to, like, explain 
everything. And I like Sanja's like, who are you? And how long, how well do you know my husband? Excuse me? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Sanja, it's going to get way worse than that. Trust me. Oh. And all the while, this tiny, tiny seven-year-old is like relaying the information from one grown-up to the other. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <sighs> and I really liked this scene. Like, and this is why I'm glad that this wasn't like, the the potentially the actual end of the line like we didn't have to live with thinking oh this is the this is it because we learned so much about noah in this episode but we still spoiler alert don't know what's happened to noah in present time yeah um so it, it's very interesting to because we know mozasu right but mozasu is an infant so we don't even like we see him a little bit and he's very cute, but no bulk out yet. But uh, we don't like learn anything about him and his personality. And we see that Noah is this like extremely like smart and like ferocious little kid. Mm-hmm. And we also need to see Sunja's emotions towards or like feelings towards her husband change. Cause in the what second episode, when the pastor comes over, Pastor Kim. Pastor, no, what the pastor that oh, in the book right. is pastor supposed to be? Ree? Yes, Pastor Ree. Excuse yeah. me. Um, he, she has like a very fond feeling towards him because she's like, oh, this reminds me of someone I used to know, which mm. I assume means Isak. But like right now, she's really pissed oh, at Isak. Oh shit! Right. Oh. Right, and I have yeah. predictions that I, I'll wait to <gasps> share until the end of, of the of our episode of what I think is going to happen, and I want to know what you guys think is going to happen. Ooh. But I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Okay, well, if we're not getting ahead of ourselves, let's jump back to the 80s slash like maybe early 90s. No, still 89, probably with um, Hannah and Solomon or Hannah's like really starting to prepare for, you know, what should happen after she's she passes. And she asks Solomon to take care of Atsuko, which seems Mm -hmm. like an easy ask. I mean, she's dating his dad, so it's not like she's (laughs) going far. Right. Duh. (laughs) <laughs> yeah you better take care of my mom yes solomon mr shifley's mm-hmm. yes so this is like an interesting conversation they have here because well the most important takeaway is she says she wishes she could die in hawaii like in the warm sand that's like right. the biggest thing to learn but she also talks about like she gives advice to solomon for mm-hmm. his future and basically says like don't play by their rules stop feeling bad for yourself and like take like basically it feels like she's telling him to take revenge right yeah she says she says whatever it takes grab it all i was like that's some powerful advice that Mm -hmm. is and so solomon goes into motion because he goes to yoshi mamoru yoshi and he has some plans and i'm not quite sure what they are Something to do with Kumja's land, who, like, still hasn't so, uh, sold her her piece of land. But also, like, is it crazy or is he asking Yoshi to, like, kill Kumja? That's a vibe I got. I got a very mob Yakuza vibe out of this, like, whole thing of, like, like, hey, Yoshi, you have guys. Send your guys to Kumja's house. Get her to sell to us. And I will complete the sale to Shifley's or whoever the developer is. I think I maybe totally missed that. <clears throat> I, I I would be very surprised if Solomon... Okay, Solomon is very confusing to me. 
uh, throughout this whole thing, and even more so this episode. But I don't think he he would be the kind of person that like order a hit on poor Kumja who's just no. Go back studying. and watch it. The vibe's very like the vibe is crazy. But I agree with yeah. Steve that it feels outside his character because he's the one who told her not to sell. He's yeah, right. no, I agree. I I yeah, I don't disagree. But like, remember the cure? Maybe dancing it, in the rain. Yeah, maybe it was. Maybe it was a difference of like uh, the directing or something, because also then later to skip ahead a little bit, like later we do see a menacing person outside of Kumja's house with two big Dobermans. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So Solomon goes to Mamoru. He's like, you have your ways, I heard. And then I guess that means, you know, somebody who has two Dobermans. <laughs> right. But they're not going to just bring the Dobermans to bark, like to annoy her, like, you know. The guy did a very creepy her. turn too. Yeah, yeah. That would but be funny maybe, if he was just like, "Can you make sure that it's so noisy that she's like, just she's kidding. just like, I, I want to move. Yeah. Just kidding. That would be a very like Japanese thing. It's like it's so noisy, I can't live here. Forget it. I'm <laughs> yeah. selling it. Listen, every night she studies at 8 p.m. for an hour. Just like go out there and make a fucking racket so that it's just too much for her. And it's like, why is she studying outside her house in like the weird like? Not candlelight, but like a little lantern outside. Get a little I guess, fresh oh, air. She's smoking. She likes to chain smoke while she does oh, in sixth right. grade Oh, right. She mat. is smoking. Yeah. So she has the presence of mind to not smoke her own uh, house out. Smart. It gets trapped in your drywall. It's a big mess. Yeah. Ooh, in the drywall. Oh, nicotine Ooh. stains everywhere. Gross. Yeah. Yikes. She's like, I heard this, that this land is very valuable. So I'm going <laughs> to be respectful to the drywall. Yeah. And he also, Weird all he also Solomon asks for one more thing from Yoshi but we don't know what it is yet and I don't know should we return to 1938 or do we like keeping with the 80s I just keep it with the 80s yeah okay so while this is all happening Etsuko and Hana are like you know having a moment and Hana says she's ready to die which is so sad um and then outside of that Sanja and Mozasu are fighting because Mm -hmm. Sanja thinks that Solomon's gonna be fine He's like, she's like, doesn't seem worried about him. But then Mozasu does something like real mean to his own mother. His so own rude. Suffering mother and was like, well, what about Noah? It's like, well, what about him? He's his own person. Don't yeah. be. Yeah. Oh. And he's like, you ruined him or whatever. I yeah. was like, okay, wow. have a little bit of respect. Damn. Very hurtful. <laughs> Tighten up, Mozasu. Yeah. You haven't, you haven't seen what we've seen your mom go through. Oh, my God. Oh my it God. was so rude. I couldn't believe it. And Sol, uh, Mozasu knows because you could see in his face. Mozasu knows he fucked up because then Sunja is like very offended. Rightfully so. It's like uh-huh. that will never happen to Solomon. Um, mm. So finally, everyone's ready for Hana to move on. They give her a huge amount of morphine, which we know will. The doctor described it as her soul moving on, even though her like. Uh, body will still be intact but it's it's for pain management mm-hmm. and, and she's like calling for solomon yes yes she wants solomon here but solomon has plans because solomon comes like rushes in he's signing paperwork and he's like let's go takes her to the roof and puts well <laughs> i'm so sorry i'm getting ahead of myself because are you well am i okay well does he put the <laughs> does he put the lay on her at this point or is it, I yeah, guess he's yeah like, on the roof. He's like, we're going on a trip, 
And they're like running through the hallway, like everybody. And yeah. Mozatsu's like, shouldn't we slow down? And it's like, Mozatsu, can it? Like, you're not in the space right now. Like, yes. you're <laughs> not doing it. Uh, and they take her up to the roof. And I thought in this moment, I was like, oh, my God. Solomon has commissioned like a helicopter to take her to Japan or to, to their in Hawaii Japan, to take her to Hawaii. Yes. And I was like, now how that would work. That seems that seems very unrealistic to what right. I know of this time period. Right. But I'll allow it. I, I suppose. And it was also just, you know, I was like, there's so much. How, how would this all work logistically? How long does it take to get there? By helicopter. How do they bring the morphine with her? What happens to like an IV bag if you're in the sky? I don't think you can even make it to Hawaii by helicopter from Japan. Yeah, I'm trying to think of how long though. It has to be at least 10 hours, right? Because it's like, I think 14 from LA. Oh, yeah. And you would never like they they would never get clearance for her to like. No. Can you imagine? No, no way. And that's, the doctors, they were all like, you don't have clearance to do this. And Esco is also like, what are you doing? Stop. What are you doing? You know, and then Solomon has this crazed look on his face. He does look yes. wild. See, what I thought was going to happen was I thought he was because I knew Hawaii was going to come into it because we mentioned Hawaii too many times. Uh huh. But <laughs> I thought that we were going to have like an it's a wonderful life type of thing where he like brings in warm sand, you know, like a bucket of warm oh. sand and stuff like that. So that she feels like she's in Hawaii. Yeah. That would be so nice. Let me plug another thing that I really liked. Um, Hmm. I believe by a Japanese-American or maybe just Japanese writer and director is the movie Nine Days. (gasps) Um, I hope that this isn't a spoiler to uh, reference it at this moment. But the movie Nine Days starring Winston Duke, he's incredible in it. He's so, so good. He should win so many acting awards for it. But the movie Nine Days, fabulous movie. This is not sponsored content. Just <laughs> when we, wh- what you mentioned, Kathy, sounded so nice and it just reminded me of that movie, which is just so incredible. Anyway. <laughs> wow. We would love sponsored content. We'd love Please. sponsored content. Nine Days, if you want to sponsor our podcast, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you definitely can. At least send us a screener, perhaps. Ooh, I, mean, I would love a screener. It, but. Oh my gosh. You guys have to watch a movie. It's so good. I watched it on a plane. Wish I watched it in a movie theater. It was so good. I also watched In the Heights on a plane. Wish I watched it in a movie theater. Uh, anyway. Yes. Um, But yeah, it, it, it does like, it, it's like, what's what's going on right now? You know, what's he doing? Right. He, he's he looks like he has this grand moment. plan. Yeah. he's He is. He is exactly having another cure moment. Yes. But then there was a weird moment because then like it stops, right? And tell me it. Because as we discussed before we started recording, it's been a while since I've seen this episode. So some of the some of my memories are hazy. But don't they then stop on the roof and it's Senja and um and Solomon and Senja gives the watch to Solomon? The like family heirloom watch? Yes. Yes. Is that well, I, is that in well, the okay. middle here or is that so, afterward? That's afterwards. Uh Solomon does the whole like here's a lady, you're in Hawaii. Uh and that- have a nice trip with a morphine. And then, oh, right, so you know. Solomon doesn't and go to Hawaii. He just no, 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 no. My, <laughs> my, my impression, my impression was that all that happened was morphine. that Solomon had procured a lay and brought the lay to Hana so that she could die peacefully. Yeah. So they don't go to Hawaii. They never went to Hawaii. <laughs> I don't Sorry. know what the whole thing about like being on Here. the roof was. Yeah. Like, You're not completely wrong, Kathy. 
because Hana's on morph high on morphine, she is in Hawaii mm. with the laid lay lay that Solomon presents her. Because like we're meant to believe, right, that the lay is the is the favor he got from Yoshi. Okay, I thought the oh. helicopter was. I thought they were like, but there's no, but there's no heli. I mean, I thought it was going to be a helicopter too, but there's like no helicopter. Oh, They're just like no? on the roof. I thought he was going to fly her to Narita Airport and then like in the bed. I was like, how are they going to bring the bed? Anyway. Okay. Wow. <laughs> we all got very different things. Out of this. No, I, I think we all got. I think we all had like had a similar idea. But mm-hmm. okay, it, Pachinko Production, start taking notes. It's not clear what was going on because i thought that he just brought her to the roof ostensibly for a little breeze or something and like put the lay on her as though to say or maybe it was just like you know when like i don't know if your parents used to do this but like if you can't sleep your your parents would just like drive around the block until you could go to sleep So sweet. Oh, it was very nice. Um, but wow. like, you know, and you're not actually going anywhere. Right. Mm-hmm. But it, in your mind, you're going somewhere. So maybe the like rushing her to the uh, roof was like to make her feel like she was going somewhere. But I don't think there was a helicopter up there. No, there, there was no helicopter. Wow. Remember, Solomon just got he don't have a job. He's unemployed at this point. Man, but you know how like your mind sometimes like the Berenstein Bears versus Berenstein yeah. like that definitely yeah. I can picture Mandela a effect. Right, I don't Mandela know why I thought there was for one. sure. Yeah, no, because they make it. They really make it seem like there's gonna be like a helicopter up there, and then all that it is is like all them up there, and he puts a lay around her neck, and then it seems like she dies. Oh, okay, this makes a lot more sense. It. it- it's a little funny to me to think about like Solomon's face and he thinks this is such a great idea, but it's just, and he procures this lei. I don't know how hard that is to find in Japan. I mean, it must and, be hard, right? Because it seems like he called in a favor to get it. But but so now it's even more funny to me that, so Mamoru Yoshi is a guy who has connections and they are people with Dobermans and people who can make lays. Yeah. <laughs> But, but he's, it's done in a, such a sinister way. Yeah. Like, I present to you a flower necklace. I had to pull some real tight connections for this. Someone else had to helicopter into Hawaii <laughs> to get all those flowers. That's they what were the like, helicopter is. Yeah, Bring they the were Hawaii like, to you. Yeah. Solomon was like, I need a helicopter because I want to fly Hana to Hawaii. And he was like, no, 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 no. We're not going to be able to do that. Here's what I can do. How about I helicopter one of my friends who's a florist to Hawaii? <laughs> yeah. That's the Shifley connection right there. Oh, That's man. the connection. Oh, my oh, goodness. Man. This makes so much more sense, though, because I thought there was a helicopter and they were rushing her to get so that she could die in Hawaii. And then Solomon did a big old T.O., so he could go talk to Sanja on the roof so Sanja can give that watch <laughs> to him. <laughs> and then Sanja gives him the pocket watch, which I'm not clear on how... How'd you get that back? Yeah, she got it back. It's like when you watch Titanic and you're like, how'd you get the heart of the ocean back? Well, yeah, that shit's deep in the ocean. Oh, in the ocean, it, she she had it in her pocket, I remember. Yeah, the that. pocket, it was oh, uh, right, Billy, yeah, yeah. what's his faces? It was, yeah. Right, right, right. Okay, the Mandela bad guy. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, remembering <laughs> things wrong. But how did Sanja get the pocket watch back? I mean, I think that is we will we will find out Another season seed. two. 
And this is what I mean, like this is what I was worried about with episode seven being a complete standalone. And I stand by my concerns that like in this episode, if this was episode eight of 10, it would feel like that makes sense. But I feel like, you know, it's just it it didn't for me, it hasn't left things open in such a way that's as much like a cliffhanger as it is of like I I needed to have kind of like a little bit more resolution, mm. you know. I'm happy to know that they were able to send off Hana in a in a way that like kind of fulfilled some of her wishes. Um, but it didn't feel like enough for me. When I when you zoom out, like, I think I get it. It's like it it feels too I mean, I think if you zoom out you can see that what they're trying to do is set up more backstory for Hansu and get him more involved in season two. Right. They're kind of like setting that up, I believe. Yes. Right. Which maybe like it would have made more sense to me if they did this standalone episode, like at the beginning of season two or something. Hmm. Like, I don't know. I just like, it was just not, it's not my, it's, it's not my vibe personally. And before we move on, I really want to quick wanted to go back and say, uh, when Hana is passing on the roof and Etsuko like, like is like saying goodbye and she's like sweet dreams. And I was like, that's the, cause she, cause Hana keeps being like, I'm tired. I'm ready to like have a big nap now, have a big sleep now. And Etsuko's like sweet dreams, Hana Chan. And I was like, ah! it's the saddest thing to watch. First of all, watching a parent say goodbye to their child, devastating. Mm. And then just like, it, it it really felt so like like so much of like the mother's love and like you know so much of like you know when Etsuko I'm sure was younger and Hana was like a little girl and like saying like you know sweet dreams like good night and Hana just I, I'm gonna choose to believe Hana drifts off you know having had this this closure of having all of the people she loves around her mm-hmm. yeah. Rest in paradise, Hannah. That's so sweet. And now I'm crying a little bit. Mm. It's a really sweet moment. A really, really well-written moment, I think. Yeah. And we get to see this transformation, like this kind of like ditzy, fun, happy-go-lucky Etsuko in the beginning to this Mm -hmm. very, you know, tender um, transformation. Yeah. And just the heartbreak, too, of like, Etsuko is obviously in so much pain watching her child die. Seems like this is her only child. And she's trying to be so strong, right, for Hana to be able to like, like, you know, and and we see earlier in when they're still in the room that like Hana's like crying and trying to either find the way to say like, I'm sorry, or I love you or thank you or whatever. And Etsuko's just in the way that a mother does is just like, she's like, I know it's okay. And you just feel so much love out of Etsuko. It's like, oh, it's so beautiful and devastating. Mm. Uh, Yeah. Well, the tragedy doesn't stop there. Oh, Lord. Because we got to go back to younger Sunja and figure out what's going on. Oh, my God. Oh, man. There's really a lot going on. Because she... She and Noah arrived to the Hasegawa house and we learned that they're in hiding. Hasegawa and his daughter are in hiding. And that's when we learned that Isak purposefully kept them both in the Oh, is that his daughter? I think so. I thought it was his wife. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I have 
daughter, but then again, I thought there was a helicopter. I thought Yosef was <laughs> Jacob. So like, or Lucy Goosey here. I, you know, I don't like think we're going to see them know. ever again anyway. So who cares? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it seems like they get arrested for sure. Yes, yes, and they are they are some kind of they are some kind of communists. We have learned through this, right? And so, a uh, quick question. Um, so I was a bit confused from earlier when when uh, Sanja was talking to the woman that she saw at the police station. Mm-hmm. Um, that like you know, because the woman was like speaking in like kind of vague terms, and I couldn't really tell. Like it was Isak trying to like unionize people or was he trying to like get like like unionize in a more like traditional or I guess like in the way that I'm thinking about it in in today's society of like you know we're trying to get more rights for the workers or I guess it's probably tied also to the government at that point because the government has so much to do with like people's employment but like because it seemed like unionizing and like an uprising against the emperor was like like within the same one in the same right Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I didn't get a strong sense of what his actual plans were, but given that we know that Kumja comes from this and I wonder ooh, I wonder in season two if we'll get to meet young Kumja. <gasps> or Kumja, ooh. excuse me. Yeah, but since we know that she has ties to this um was it an oil strike, oil worker strike? I can't remember. It was some Right, yeah. Sort her, of, yeah. Yeah, her her uh her father, I think she said was one of the miners that came over in that same the same in the same type of situation that Sanja and uh and uh Isak came over in. Right. Right. So I wonder if it has some that he has some sort of ties to that. That's a uh, good I think the connection. the connotation um uh, I could be wrong but like at that time you know there was the whole concern about growing uh communist sentiment and over, you know, disruption and uh, like these like uh, political, what do you call them? Like cells that are like act- actively working to overthrow. And at that time, th- there was underground movements in Korea to disrupt and overthrow the Japanese colonization of Korea. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, there the, the people will be gathering. There's a great movie called Age of Shadows that, you know, uh, illustrates that mm-hmm. uh, with with our uh our favorite um, slappy businessman, Gong Yu. Um, oh, check Gong that you. out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now someone's perking Hottie up. Hottie number one. <laughs> yeah, original. Yeah. So, yeah, like around that time, there's a lot of like these resistance underground gatherings to try to like overthrow the 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 powers that be at the time. So, I guess it kind of, it's kind of one and the same, like Got whether it. it's unionizing plus, you know, helping some sort of greater movement of civil unrest or disruption, you know, of the status quo. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I love Senja's response, though. I mean, Senja makes a really great point where she's like, well, what about like you guys are rich. You guys can afford to like protest. What about us? Like, how are we going to eat? How are we going to stay sheltered? Like, right. He like it to me, it felt like Senja felt like a huge sense of betrayal from Isak. And I I think rightly so, like, you know, because as we were speaking of earlier, it, it it, it, it's, you know, Sunja's been working so hard to, like, you know, try to procure a better future for her family. And even if Isak is, I mean, obviously he is doing this for the same reasons to procure a better future. But, like, I, I too would feel like, why didn't you not at least tell me about this? And I also see why Isak was like, it's not safe for me to involve my wife 
in what I'm doing. But the sense of betrayal is very real. Yes. And and we see some like real time consequences because the police come to raid the house and then Sanja gets taken into custody and interrogated as if she were some sort of like, I don't know, accomplice in these activities. Right. And like also right before this happens, right before the police come in, I can't remember what the line was, um, but the 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 older guy says something to be translated to Sanja and little Noah is like, he's lying. (laughs) And I was like, wow, this is a smart fucking kid. Like Uh he's like, he's not only, he's not only regurgitating the information, you know, he's not only simply translating, but he's like interpreting it. Like he's like truly like, you know, understanding what's going on. And he's like, Oh, this person's lying to my mom right now. Not tight. Very uncool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like what they did with the whole they've been doing this from the beginning but like the whole uh, subtitle play on the the how we use subtitles in these kind of shows it's yeah. like in this case we we get to really feel like a helpless sanja where we don't really if you're not familiar with Japanese you don't really know what's going on you have to rely on a 7-year-old to tell us yeah. you know what's being discussed you know although i did think that once again my apple tv app <laughs> was messed up and then i was like oh no this is like an artistic license so apple tv you got off this time i will say though i revisited the whole last episode um the the framing the cropped framing yeah when i watched it on tv it zoomed in so then what happens is when it zooms into a full screen mode then the sub, the you know, at the end or the beginning, they had those like little the the captions with the white lettering and telling you the historical context and stuff. Yeah, that gets cut off and cropped out. Oh, um, so watching it on the iPad actually was the most accurate way to watch it. So you get the full, so you you can read all the the captions and the 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 the, narr- the narrative text that you see on the black screen. Very weird. Um, yeah. Apple I was TV, wondering, I was like, you guys are gonna get sued. <laughs> Yeah, because Apple TV has this thing where like it automatically makes these decisions for you, and so there's these default yeah. settings. But you can turn that off in your settings to to experience the full directorial experience as oh, it was intended. Okay. okay. Apple TV kind of overrides some of these directorial choices. I see. Apple TV, uh-huh. that's not for you to do, you guys. Uh-uh-uh. Especially on APAM month, Apple TV. Apple TV, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Um, <sighs> Well, Senja is like finally released from interrogation and Noah's waiting outside, presumably overnight, because it feels very much like, uh, I don't know, (laughs) on The Bachelor, on the first night of The Bachelor, they go in when it's dark outside, right? But then the episode ends when it's light. So you know that the contestants on The Bachelor stayed the whole night. I feel like (gasps) I had the same thought with Noah because we went in in the evening and we come out and it's like early morning. That's a good point. I did not. I did not clock that. Yeah, you're right. Noah. Noah. Uh, uh, Isak was not chosen. No. Or no, he was chosen. Oh, he, is that the? Is that? Yes, a good, he's <laughs> clinking champagne with the other contestants while Sinta has to give her exit interview, and she hears them. Like she oh hears them God. say to love, and she has to be like, "Will I ever find anyone?" <laughs> okay, deep dive on the Bachelor. That's fine. Ah! <laughs> uh, oh man, love it. But then, oh my God, then oh. 
Huh. Oh, oh my god. Oh, they exit the police station and they see Isak being taken away. And he's like cut up on his face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not looking good. And they're like being very like, you know, very forcible. They're like, you, you know, no one's screaming outside and they won't even like let him be like, bye, you know, which whatever. But they like Noah sneaks in through the gate. He's able to like squeeze through and he like runs up to his father. And then they like oh, they drive away in a way that's so dangerous. There is a child really- on the street. I because well because we know that in current times that Noah is not in anybody's life, but we don't know what's happened to him. And I was like, oh my god, are we gonna watch this child get hit by a car? Yeah. Like the car, or, or, or a car, or the car that his father is in that like the police have put him in. You know, and I, I like I had to mute um, it like I because I was like getting so stressed out. Yes, and because because car accidents are always a Korean drama. Oh, it is. It, I didn't even <laughs> yeah. think about that. Shit, it is. That's so right, Steve. You're tr- you're you, we've been trained to feel like oh shit, someone's gonna get hit by a car. Yes, and we're gonna have to watch a GoPro style. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Okay, that scarred into my brain. Well, because no, thank you. I had a similar thought, Kim. Cause I, cause then Noah starts running after the car, and he that kid is fast. <laughs> that kid is, or that car oh is slow. I, I'm not sure which one, but there's a part where where Sunja stops running after him, presumably because she is like so exhausted. And by the way, Sunja also squeezes through the the gate. I'm like, what's the purpose of this yeah, gate? What's the purpose <laughs> of the gate then? The full size adult can get through. <laughs> yeah, we have notes as usual. Is anyone listening? And oh, why is God. there a helicopter? And why is it a helicopter? But I thought that Noah was going to get lost. Like, I thought that was the story, that Mm. Sunjo was going to lose Noah, which would, oh my God, how devastating that would be. But that did not happen. That is, we're we're fine. (sighs) It's still, like, incredibly traumatic for both of them, but they are reunited after that whole thing. Thankfully. Yeah. And Sunjo is like, well, I I gotta do something. So... She starts a small business. She starts making a ton of kimchi. And I thought that this was like very, um, what's the word? Like uh, in- innovative of Sanja, right? She's like using the resources she has. Yes. But I was also like, it, it's a little odd of a choice in my opinion because it seems like Japanese people hate Korean people so much and kimchi is the food of Korea. <laughs> like, and, yeah. and you see this right when later she's coming through with her cart, like people are like, ew, stinky. And I'm like, OK, racist, like, chill yeah, out. <laughs> no, truly. Uh, yeah. Uh, but like, you know, and she's coming through. But I was like, I was like, what an interesting like uh, what an interesting choice, because it really seems like the Japanese do not want Korean people to like be Korean, you know? Yeah. Like, so I just was like, that's an interesting. I, I was genuinely like, is anybody gonna buy this because like korean people would who are living in japan probably would want to buy it but like you know she's going up to people be like in saying in her japanese that she knows like do you want to try some kimchi like it's the best kimchi in the world uh but i was like hey hey, korean people yeah this is interesting because i had a similar train of thought but it was different because i that's so smart kim but my reaction was like oh i buy my kimchi from the Japanese market. So this makes a lot of sense to me. And then when everyone was like, oh, Ew, okay. this smells bad. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> What's going on here? I, I think um, we're seeing Sanja learn marketing 101. Yes. Mm. It can't possibly be the best kimchi in the world. <laughs> no, of course not. Well, she hasn't even been reason... to like three places. You wouldn't know. Yeah. 
That's true. For all you know, what for all the people, for all the sucker consumers, know they don't know nothing. No. But here's the thing: Sanja goes to bed in her day clothes, which I thought was like weird. And but then they address that to real to make us realize: oh, she's waking up early to get to start making some kimchi. But the thing is, kimchi is a fermented dish. Right. You can't just make it the morning of and sell it that day. You have to wait for at least. I mean, back then they didn't have a refrigerator. You got to let it ferment for at least like a few weeks, I believe. Yeah, you're putting it in so the ground. It's not an overnight thing, you know, or day th- daytime yeah. thing. In that, in this case, I wonder if. So, oh, sorry, please. So yeah, yeah, I, I was just noting that I was like, I think in the book she sells something different, oh. like something that's more oh. standard to Japanese, I believe. Maybe like some sort of cookies or candies or something like that. Because she does um, say she's like, because when Kyungki comes out and is like, "What's going on out here?" She's like. I hope there's people that like kimchi. I'm going to ferment half and I'm going to take half to the market. So maybe she, I don't, I mean, that's a great point. Uh, Cause it's like, she says that she's planning on fermenting half of it, but it is like, well, what are you selling? <laughs> is it, yeah, what are you well, selling is then? It kimchi that's like, is it quick kimchi, <laughs> quick pickle? I was wondering if now that I think of it, because kimchi, like these buyers are not familiar with kimchi and kimchi fermented has a very strong taste. I, maybe she was trying to be like, well, this one's going to just like this one's not going to like be as strange to like the Japanese palate because it hasn't fermented right. quite as long. Not as potent. Yeah. I suppose Crispier. you're right. I mean, I the kimchi she was handing out did look pretty like, you know, marinated. But yeah, it, it also a, bothered I, me I'll, that I'll believe your thing. That, yeah, that we can let that give him some slack there. But what bothered me is also that. She's pushing this cart of exposed kimchi to these dusty oh, ass streets. Yes. Yeah. Of like 19. There's dirt. There's no paved roads. There's just dirt flying around. You don't even cover the thing. Come on, woman. And when Kelly helps with her bare hands. Oh, and Kelly's just like, she's like, I, I was like inside, I don't know, doing whatever, like folding laundry. And then she's just like, oh, oh yeah, I won't wash my hands first. <laughs> Okay, uh, I get it. There's no there's no nitrile gloves back then. I get it. But like... Washington. Washington. Oh my Come God, on. yeah. Oh. Come on. And then also when she's in the market selling and she's like, you know, looking around and we see this part of Sanja that I love so much, which is like her, like when the wheels start turning and she's like, oh, I'm getting an idea and I'm going to like stand up for myself somehow. Um, I love that Sanja the most. And like we see her like watching the other vendors like doing their thing. And she decides like if she wants to get customers, she's got to go out there and like get the customers. But then she leaves the whole cart back there with the exposed kimchi. I was like, somebody could just stick their hand in there. They could steal your. <laughs> they could steal your product. They could sneeze in it. Not you know, to mention they could poison it. She's right next to room temperature meat man. So yes, <laughs> blood and guts are flying with that cleaver. I you mean, have to assume this is all a health code violation. Uh, definitely a D. Oh, we are in support, least. but we do need a little bit of. We need. We need somebody to to check out the microbes. On top of that, place. I just realized this is the year 1923, 38, right? 38, 38, 38. Oh, 1938, 1938. Okay, fine, fine, fine. I guess the 1918 pandemic was long out of people's memories at that time. Well, I wonder, and this is not relevant at all, <laughs> but let me go on a tangent. I
in Japan. Because re- remember, they like closed oh. their borders for a while. And I don't know what I could do a single second of research before recording, but I decide not to. No, no, no. Let's play fast and loose. Yeah, let's just no, guess. Yeah, we can play fast and loose. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I, you know what? I don't know much about the 1918 pandemic. All I know is, is in America and Europe. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And also, if I may attempt a, a transition a la Kathy, <gasps> there's also a pandemic with Yoseb of toxic masculinity once more. I don't know if I'm using these terminology correctly, but (laughs) Yosef again is like, like, uh, what are you doing? You don't, you, you, you're selling kimchi because you don't think that I can get a job. And it's like, damn man, like there's two little boys living in this house. We already watched you take out a loan, like, or maybe you didn't take out a loan. We don't know. Like we, you know, just like, let her help. Just, yeah, and they have to. So fragile. She has to pretend she's like, oh, this is for me because, like, I want to do so. I feel helpless. Like, this isn't about, right. like, she has to pretend it's like, no, dude, it's about you. You got fired. Yeah, you got fired. We're sorry that you got fired, but we're not all just going to sit around and wait for you to get another job when right. Sanja's like, I could, I'm going to try to do this thing. Well, especially since I don't know that he can get another job, like, because he was fired. Like, if anyone checks up, the boss is going to be like, yeah, his brother. It's a right. traitor. Like, I don't know that he can get another job. I mean, he claims that he has a lead at the tire factory, but we don't know if that's even true. Yeah. Because he's so like, I, it wouldn't surprise me if he was just like lying about that because he's like so panicked about giving up his masculine power. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Which speaking of masculine uh. power. Oh, my God. Here we go. The white suit is back. I was so confused when we got to this because I was like. I was like, is adult Hansu like I was like, are we like having a time like multiverse cross it? Like it took me like a good like full minute to remember that like, no, no, no. This is like the time that Hansu is lives in. And like it was just so weird. Like the world crossing was. so Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was. I mean, we love a sustainable moment like rewear your clothes. We love that. Yeah, absolutely. But it's also like he must have stuck out so much because he's in like the mm, I don't know what the word is, but like the the like lower income part of town with the Korean mm-hmm. like uh, so like no one's Where the rich pigs there. are in the street. Yeah. So like and he's wearing white. That's like such a power move in like mm-hmm. not a cute way. Right. He also reminded me. Uh, I don't know how recently you've seen Pinocchio, because for me, <laughs> it's been a while. But he reminded me of the wolf <laughs> character <laughs> in Pinocchio. <laughs> Like preying on wow. children. Mm, yeah, I was like, Noah, don't talk to strangers. It's not okay to talk to like some oh. random man. Yeah. Even, totally even a stranger danger even moment. It's your birth father. But he doesn't know. I feel like it'd be like. I mean, he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't know. know. Of course not. But like, no, I mean, like, Hansu knows. Hansu Noah know. doesn't yeah, know. Noah does not know. But like, I'm like, Noah, don't just like be talking to strangers. Like, did, did your mommy not tell you about stranger danger? <laughs> Clearly not. But you know what's interesting about this? I do think Hansu sees this as like a protective measure because I don't think the timing is accidental. No, absolutely not. Hansu's out here stalking. Yeah. He's been out here stalking. And I have a conspiracy theory. <gasps> hmm. What's your theory? Steve, do we have the same theory? I might have a theory. I think I know where you're going with this. I have a conspiracy theory that Hansu is the one that turned in Isa. <gasps> Whoa, that was not my conspiracy theory. Oh, my 
God. I formulated I formulated the theory in the scene because we see Hansu trying to like overparent Isak, right? He's telling Noah like, you know, you need to stand up for yourself. You need to be better than similar stuff that we hear Ahana saying in, earlier in the episode of Solomon of like, you need to be better than everybody else. Don't just be better than the Japanese. Be better than all of the Koreans. Be undeniable. Like be your best self. Don't take this route again. Uh, there's a shorter route. Don't be an idiot. Like take the shorter route to school. Yeah. Like, and he's, he's, he, I, I felt like Hansu had orchestrated this <sighs> to remove Isak. I mean, and it sounds like Isak was doing what he has been imprisoned for. Um, not that it makes it okay that he's being imprisoned, but like, uh, that Hansu is the one that turned him in and then was like, I'm going to step in and try to provide the kind of future that I want for my son. This is interesting because this works entirely plausible. my conspiracy theory. <gasps> is that he, Hansu, gives the watch to Noah in that moment. Because doesn't he... Interesting. He hands like him a handkerchief, right? Yeah, he does hand him a handkerchief. <sighs> That's a and good... And in that handkerchief... Is the watch? It could be yeah, the watch. That's my conspiracy theory. That could be the watch. My other conspiracy theory is, okay, because you know in the beginning of this episode, we didn't talk about it, but Noah's telling his buddy who's being bullied that you have to stand up for yourself, right? You have to fight right. back, which is basically like Hansu's motto in life. Mm-hmm. So it feels like they're saying something about blood there, like that's mm-hmm. passed on. But that's also, I feel like, what Hana says. So what if Hana is Hansu's grandchild? Oh! <gasps> Steve's not on board. Kim's on board. Steve's not on board. Uh, it's fine. I, I, you know what? I think I think you got the um the, the blood theme is very yeah. You're right. You're right. I think you're, you're trying to do the math agree. here. Hannah, being, you know what? It's possible because like Mozasu was upset of Solomon getting involved with Yoshi because Yoshi is the grandson of somebody that Mozasu has had a run in with in the past, oh. and. It would be dumb if it was just a complete random stranger. It has to be someone related to Hanzu at the very <gasps> least. Right? Interesting. It is so hard for me to keep track of uh, this family tree situation. <laughs> but I like it. I like it. Well, that would make sense if uh, if Mamoru Yoshi is some kind of descendant. Well, I don't know because Mamoru Yoshi is like quite old. It, it feels like he's older than Solomon. I don't know. Yeah, it's, yeah, no, it seems yeah. like, you know, he's like in his like 40s or something. I guess if Hansu's oldest daughter, because he has three daughters by the time that Noah's born. So if Hansu's oldest daughter married someone whose last name was Mamoru, and then, but then the grandfather would have to be Hansu. So it can't be, it can't be Yoshi, I don't think. I think that's, I mean, I think that's a very interesting possible seed, though, um, because we do hear so much of of that echoed. I, I'm realizing from, you know, our recording right now is like the conversation that Hana has with Solomon is very similar to what we see Hansu saying to Noah. But we also did see Noah saying this earlier, like you pointed out, Kathy, to his friend at school. So it's like, well, who told Noah that? Because that that happened before. We watch that happen in real time. You know what? This, you know what? I have to backtrack because if we're saying that that uttering the words "you have to fight for yourself" means that you're in the same family, <laughs> <laughs> then maybe it starts to get really convoluted because now Isak, everybody, everybody's related. Then at right. this point, 
I mean, it does seem a very like it does seem like a very Korean thing, like in this time period, and especially with like what um what the like conclusion of the the season was um of like okay, you have to stand up for yourself, you have to fight for yourself, you have to like you know resist against the odds, kind of a thing. Um, but but I'll put a I'll put a little sticky note on it. We'll put a pin in it. See if that comes up again in season two. In season two, we'll see if that comes up again, but. Oh my god! I mean, how long do we have to wait for that? What? Uh, what a ride! Um, well, we're not even done yet. Yeah, though. I mean, we're pretty much done with the story part because the other thing—it's it, just right. like we know that um, Sonja does well because she, you know, employs oh, the yeah. Costco uh, strategy of handing out samples, and that works very well. Mm-hmm. So she's like, she's—it's hard, but she's like surviving. I think is like right. where we leave her. Hmm. Sanja is always going to hustle for her family. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then we um, fade out of the story of Pachinko and we go into another historical note about the Korean nationals who moved to Japan during colonization. And the it seems like 600,000 of them who stayed uh, after the war as stateless people, which from what I know about post-war Japan, that's intense because there's like a lot of, you know, starvation and, you know, general badness for the people mm-hmm. in that country. Mm-hmm. So I can't imagine Koreans fared much better during that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so much like history ripe for like revealing during that time. Like one of them is, is like, for example, you know, when we talk about or learn about history in school and stuff, it's like we, we are taught and presented history in a very simplistic uh, manner. Like, Oh, the Japanese did this. The Russians did this. But it's like if we dig in deeper, we realize a lot of Koreans were conscripted into the Japanese army mm-hmm. and navy and stuff like that. And and same like in America, right? It's like a lot of like blacks and people of color were forced to or or a lot of times also enlisted to fight for America and then comes back home to like just racism, disrespect. It's just like there's there's so much more to it than just oh, the doughboys of America fought in World War II and pushed back the, the 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 Nazi troops. It's like no, there's there's so much more to it. But yeah, there's like that's something interesting that I think the um, show points out too is that in this history, like our our people, they're humans going through this and surviving through these like really difficult and tragic times. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting in watching the profiles of the women who. Yes. At, at the end, because one of them shared her story about how she was like forced to move to Japan during the colonization. And then she had to stay there because she was like, I can't go back to Korea afterward. And then she was like, you know, the producer, whoever was like, hey, thanks so much. And she's like, oh, thanks for listening. I'm sure it was pretty boring. And like, it just really like yeah. broke my heart because I think oftentimes our elders are very like, you know, they're very like humble about uh, about things, but also just. It, it to me that felt like this has been such a normal part of her life and of probably her friends' lives that like it it doesn't it doesn't register as as significant to her. Whereas like we watch it and we're like, wow, you lived through history. Like you like and the 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 whole purpose of like doing these profiles was like to show the people that endured and like. I had so much respect for everybody that shared their story at the end because I was like, wow, this is like incredible mm-hmm. to hear a firsthand account, 
you know, but then to hear her like discount her own experience, it, it, it also, you know, as a Korean American person living in America today, it like, you know, reminded me of the way that we can like, um, tell ourselves that our experiences aren't valid or our experiences aren't as bad as we thought they were or whatever it was. But I was like, wow, like it, it for her, it's just so normal that she was like, Oh, I'm sorry. Like it was probably boring for you, but thanks for listening. I was like, Oh my God, I'd listen to like, I'd listen to you talk for 25 million hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how amazing is it that like they're 95 and so vibrant and chipper and lucid. I'm like, that's goals right there, you know, centenarian goals. Yeah. I mean, some were more like chipper and, 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 and youthful than others. It's interesting. The one that mm-hmm. got me was the woman who was speaking on like she she talked about how she came as quite a young teenager. I think maybe 13, she said, or maybe even younger. I don't again, I don't remember a single thing, um, but she <laughs> she was discussing like how hard it was to move and, you know, begin a new life and like try to Mm -hmm. exist in these hostile circumstances. And she's like, I think that's why I have a hard time being kind to people. Uh Oh, yeah. That broke my heart. And that's such an accurate, like, uh, testimonial of generational trauma, right? And, like, the way that, like, what we go through affects the way that we continue to go through the world it really put things in a lot of context for me to see these stories at the end of it because I, I i thought it was a really nice reminder of like yes this is a fictionalized story but this happened to real people and and to see the real people uh like to be like you know like you're watching yun Jung and um uh kim minha do a portrayal of this woman sanja's life but th- here's women that really like lived in a similar situation. Mm-hmm. I, I would. I wish there was more of like. Um, can I see the whole interview? I want to hear more of what their experiences yeah, were. You absolutely. Know? This this whole series has like been very, especially this episode. Um, for me, it's like I find myself fluctuating between feeling like, oh, this is obviously um, what I experience, even in parallel to what they're portraying on the show. Like, for example, like the kimchi thing, everyone's like raising their nose, like, oh, it's so stinky, like whatever. It's like, yeah, like I had, I, you deal with that. I dealt with that, you know, in grade school as well. And, and people are like, what are you eating for lunch? But it's such a universal, common experience, um, you know, as an Asian American growing up in America. And so to me, it's kind of like, sometimes I have to catch myself and realize, yeah, duh, but then, there's so many people out there who don't, who who aren't familiar with this kind of experience and story, and I'm like, yeah, like this is valuable for people who don't know uh, our kind of lived experience as well. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point, yeah. especially through like thematically through this season. I think we've been discussing if it's a Korean drama, if it's not a Korean drama, and it definitely in moments like that, and in moments of the Hansu standalone episode where we saw the. Um, the attack of the uh, Korean um, people fleeing the prison, it feels so, it feels almost like it's done with a Western lens because it, it feels very real. I don't, a lot of stuff like the you're not Japanese and like stuff like that, like feels very real as someone with like a hand in the diaspora, right? You know, where I feel like maybe Korean dramas, and again, not an expert, did not do a single second of research, does not maybe deal with diaspora quite as much 
Yeah, I mean, like, I, I have read criticisms of Korean dramas and their representations of Korean Americans or Korean adoptees and that kind of thing of like, well, this is what Korean people think of the diaspora, right? Versus like seeing a movie about the diaspora or a movie, <laughs> seeing a show about the diaspora made by people who, you know, are part of the diaspora is like very, very interesting. And it has given me like such a, like an interesting, I've, I've found it very interesting to like see the multiple points of view and how, like, you know, that we, we talk a lot about like multiple truths, right? Like how people can hold multiple truths and like, you know, learning about how like, you know, being Asian in America and no, and knowing and acknowledging um, how Japanese people, Japanese Americans were persecuted by the United States government um, and by people like American people. And then also seeing how like Korean people have been persecuted by Japanese people, seeing the resiliency. I found I found this very interesting, like for my personal experience, like because I don't have any Asian elders like personally and hearing from these Asian elders at the end of the show was very interesting and like putting a con more of a context into the, the ways in which these people, my people, right. Have endured. I'm, I'm descended from, from these people who have endured and seeing how strong and resilient and how, like how, how much they're like, you will not take away our pride. You will not take these things away from us. And then also knowing on, on my end, right. And we talk about this a little bit in, in uh, Steve with like what you've mentioned about your uncle and stuff too, of like being like, but at the same time, like sometimes I feel like I have not been uh, like, like I feel like I, it was so interesting for me to see like, Oh, they're so resilient. They're so, they have so much, they've endured so much. And then at the same time, like, as a Korean adoptee, knowing how the society has kind of closed itself off um, in ways it feels like to me and to people like me. Um, and so that like not not necessarily, obviously, the women who were talking at the end, I'm not saying them specifically, but just like it's just really interesting to be like, wow, I'm I'm so proud of to be descended from these people who are so strong and who have like endured over centuries. And then at the same time, knowing that sometimes I'm hurt by the 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 traditions of the country at the same time. Mm. It's a very interesting mm. dichotomy. I, I I will say that uh, what is it the um, that one grandma who was like it's hard to be kind after enduring this lifetime of just like hardship. That was very striking. It's like it makes me think about my grandpa on my dad's side who was very unkind to a lot of people. And it's kind of like uh, it 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 forces me to realize there's things that he must have endured to have adopted this position of being just kind of like this curmudgeonly old man as I knew him, you know. Um, and it's like, yeah, there, there's there's so much more of a backstory always with uh, with why somebody is the way they are. Yeah, it does just make a deeper context for you know why. For me, like why I might guess that things happen, unfold the way that they do. Mm. And this is just a setup for season two. And this was all, uh. yeah, this was all like the cold open for the full <laughs> like pachinko, you know, uh, cinematic universe. <laughs> yeah, basically. I'm like, damn it. This is not, now they're going to get into it. Season two, I hope. Yeah, it's you all going to bloom I hope so. all these seeds. Okay, so I want to know what everybody thinks 
excuse me. I want to know what everybody thinks like happens uh, because I said this earlier that like I, I'm like was what happens to Noah because we've just been introduced to like him and his personality and we know that he's not part of obviously the family at this point like he's not in Sanja's life um, he's not in Mosasu's life but I think before we thought he might have died but now I think I was thinking like either he like becomes some sort of like quote rebel um, or he maybe goes to live with Hansu. I think something about finding out that Isak isn't his dad. I think he's going to have to find out whether it's in season two or beyond that Hansu is his biological father and that he was being lied to um, about that. And I think that's going to send him on the spectrum into behaving more like Hansu and behaving more um, selfishly, perhaps. I don't know if that's the right word. Um, yeah, I think I think he's going to I think he's going to cause his own demise, I will say morally. Mm, OK. Yeah, I would say that having read the book. But not remembering all the details <laughs> that Noah's story, I personally found to be it's it's a very mm, if we could say that each family member has like their own story. Noah's story is very um, poignant <gasps> and important. Whoa. And I would. But the thing is. I think they could take it any way they want to with the show. Mm. I don't like this scene. I don't believe was what we saw this episode. That didn't happen in the book. Oh, um, <laughs> but whatever they do next, I feel like it could go either way. If they want to stick to the canon of the book or try to turn it around a little bit, because also Solomon's uh, story arc is also. It's it's a little bit different. So who knows? Um, it, I think it'll be very interesting to see how they play Noah's story, especially. Okay. Maybe wow. I'll read the book now because I'm like, well, I want to know what happens. <laughs> <laughs> you might have plenty of time. Oh, another year? I don't know. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Maybe nine months kid. if they're already writing. Well, we'll see, I guess. I won't read it because I don't do any research, as we know from this podcast. Not a single second. <laughs> no research to be done. You know, no. you always say that, but I think you always have all the nuggets of knowledge, Kathy. <laughs> I, I will read it eventually. It's on my TBR list, as the bookstagrammers like to say. The TBR. To be read? I don't know. <laughs> I think so. That sounds right. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, man. Yeah. That was it. Episode eight. What a finale. It is a short. It's only eight episodes, but it felt very yes. full. It felt very full, but also it's like they had a lot to, to juggle. You know, they got, yes. you know, what, three, four generations that they got in there. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They might have even had. Um, They could have stretched it out to like a couple more episodes. They could have. Totally. Is, this, is the second season going to be eight episodes? I don't know. That's like the trend these days, isn't it? Like 
these eight to ten. I don't know how they de- determine the number, whether it's eight or ten or twelve. Back in my day, <laughs> you know, a show would get twenty-two episodes on network television. Yeah. There's a very standard number that nowadays it doesn't seem to be the rule. Yeah, eight. And let me just say, back in our day was not that long ago because we are no, very it wasn't that young. long ago. Yeah, it was just whenever for like you, whenever it was, you know. I don't know. We're mm-hmm. again babies. We're babies. We're so young. We're so young. Los Angeles, 2015. <laughs> End credits. End credits. Oh my goodness. Well. I think that's about it from my end. What about you guys? Oh, yeah. So? Yeah. It's been an interesting journey. It has been. I guess we'll unpack that uh, in our next, what do you call that, wrap-up episode? Yeah, Yeah, in our wrap-up. Okay. Get some time to digest this stuff. Oh, maybe if if you have like conspiracy, if you, the listeners, have like conspiracy theories or Mm. if you have like... um, what what do you want to see happen in season two? That kind of thing. You know, drop mm-hmm. it on our IG. Drop it on our Twitter. At IG Steve. Is... <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> now we're serious, semi, I hope. Um, at The Instagram is at Korean Drama Podcast. Yep. The Twitter is at Korean Drama Pod. Yep. They... And, and uh, drop us a line. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Steve signing out. I'm Kathy signing out. And I'm Kim signing out. Bye, everybody. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to the Korean Drama Podcast. Our producer is Marvin Yue, and our executive producers are Will Choi, Phil Yu, and Joanna Lee. Follow the Korean Drama Podcast on Twitter at Korean Drama Pod. And if you haven't, give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. The Korean Drama Podcast is part of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of Asian-American hosted podcasts featuring unique voices and stories from the Asian diaspora. Learn more about Potluck and our fellow Potluck Podcasts at podcastpotluck.com. Hey, Brian. Did you go to Saturday school as a kid? I sure did. Did you? Totally. Well, at our podcast, Saturday School, we don't teach a language, but we pass along the culture that we do know. And that's Asian American pop culture. Ada's a journalist, and I'm a professor and film festival programmer. We've watched a lot of great Asian American movies, and we want you to watch them too. Come listen to us as we look back at the pioneering films that have led us to today. 